Her name is Tatinda Jakarasi, and my company's name is Munch. This, this, is, this is Diversified, Diversified. Diversified. Game. 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 A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, all the way from Zimbabwe. Oh, man, we always love to connect with those in Zimbabwe. We have Tendenda, and he's going to give us the game on Munch. This is an interview you can see, and I'm not going to repeat any questions that he had on how we did it in Africa, but I want you guys to go Google his name. You can go Google how we made it. Check that out. Maybe uh, we can put some links in the description box because it was a good interview, and that's how we found them because we are definitely subscribers over there. So, my bruv, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good, Kellen. How are you doing? Man, blessed by the best, can't complain, and I mean, through this whole interview, I'm probably going to be thinking about food, but that's what happens when you're 200 pounds of muscle. Um, <laughs> give us the game on, I guess, I just, well, this is the first question. Your mobile food delivery app, which we have, you know, DoorDash and different things out here. How crazy did your friends and family think you were when you said, I'm going to create this mobile app that delivers food to you? I just need to know that for the start. How, how crazy did they think you were and, who, and did anybody support you? Yeah, no, I mean, there was people who supported me, um, but a lot of people thought I was just being crazy because it just came out of the blue. And um, people just thought, in Zim, is that really going to work? And you could tell when I would say it, like um, my wife, then my girlfriend, it was, um, we were at a rugby game, I think. And then I was telling some guys about the mobile app. And then as I walked away, they didn't know my wife um, was with me. And then they were like, I don't even think that's going to work, right? And she heard this. And years later, people seeing it and they're like, whoa, we didn't think that you were going to take this seriously or go this far with um, this uh, project. So... A lot of people didn't take it seriously then, um, but my, I will say my dad supported. He really supported it, and um, I'm glad that he actually believed in it. He was like, "Go for it!" And then I showed a cousin of mine uh, who's in Dubai, and she's like, "Dude, you should do it," because she was now telling me about Zomato that side, um, and I think Uber Eats had just come there. So that gave me enough um, courage to go for it, and and some of my friends were also encouraging. So I won't act like. People don't believe in it. Some of them, we're fortunate that a lot of people have learned abroad and stuff. So they got to see things like Just Eat in the UK, uh, Deliveroo, um, some saw Postmates, DoorDash and stuff. So they knew that it could work. Um, it just needed me to follow through on it. So I did. Yeah, I hope that answers you. No, it definitely answers the question. I'm even going to go somewhere, you know, I want to know, you know, in a range because there's so much young talent on the continent, but people can say these things like you saying this and drafting it out. Like what were the first steps to, you know, getting it going? Because you're, you know, you're a rugby guy, you know, um, you, you know, if, if, if our backs were turned besides my locks, people might say, Hey, we're, we're twins. Cause we're, you know, we're, we're bigger guys. You're not known to be like a coder or an app developer, um, you know, to the masses. So what was those first steps? And at what budget? 
budget did you start with? Because a lot of people would not go to the next step or even take the first step because they say, I don't have the money. So, you know, what was the first step and in what type of savings are, you know, was Bob your uncle before he passed uh, after running the country, you know, for so many <laughs> decades? Um, and then you just you just had a pot of money lying around, you know, we call it a blue blood over here. So, like, give us this story on that. <laughs> Uh, okay. So yeah, because I'm, I was in the cold that was actually the most difficult part because I'm not like, okay, how am I going to get this done? Because I don't even know the code. I don't, I didn't even know any coders at that moment. So the first thing I did was get a business plan done, right? So got a business plan done just to kind of understand the business more, understand what needs to be done. And then, um, I just happened to see a cousin of mine who I hadn't seen uh, in years and she knew. So I told her about this idea and then she's like, Oh, um, come to my car because she had a friend who knew some coders. And then I met this guy. Now he's a good friend of mine. And uh, he was like to me, um, dude, you should talk to this person. I went and saw that guy. This guy, he's a designer himself and um, is into the startup scene. But he then was just a designer and come back from Australia. And then he was like to me, um, I can design something for you. That will help you get investors. So he designed the, the interface. Um, and did like a, a demo video that will show how the app works from A to Z. So he did that for me. And then um, my uh, friend uh, who was a co-founder of me was now, before then he was, we were talking and he wanted to join in. And then, so he put in the first uh, thousand bucks around it all to get this interface done. That then helped, because uh, I had no money, that then helped um, to take it to an investor who then put money to help us afford a developer. So obviously developers here are not as expensive as that side. So 5K initial investment was enough before we got the other 5K to help start the business. So here it was 10K was enough for us to get things going. So that's what I did. I mean, went to this guy, um, his dad, who we learned with this high school and the dad was impressed and he was the one he was investing on. I mean, he was giving us the money on behalf of his son and then gave us the money I paid the developer and that's how we got our app done. Even though it took a long time to get the app developed because um, this developer had so many projects going on at the same time and he didn't notify us and he was not yet organized enough to be able to structure his life in a way to finish one project in like four months. So it took us 16 months to get our app launched when it was supposed to be launched in four months. So that was also the disadvantage of not being a coder. That now me, both and my co-founder were not co I mean we're not coders. So now we're relying on someone who wasn't um interested, who didn't share the passion the way we did. So yeah. And and so then you get this thing coded, and you know, now you know during um COVID, tell me. Mm-hmm. How much did business just like shoot through the roof when, you know, at least on our side, people are scared to get out? I don't know in what month or year, you know, any lockdowns or curfews um, started in Zimbabwe. But how many more people like increase percentage wise or if you know the numbers started even just saying, let me try this app. I don't have to go out. So why go out? Yes. So business really increased quite a lot, like more than 100 percent. Definitely. Um, the first lockdown, that is. So the first lockdown was last year from April to about July. 
So let's say end of June, that was really good for business. Like our numbers just shot up. We got more restaurants than before. I think we added another 25 uh, restaurants. We were now doing grocery deliveries uh, and pharmaceuticals, which was also uh, pretty good, right? Because we hadn't been doing, we, um, and the goal is to do pharmaceuticals, but here you're not allowed to advertise. All right, mm-hmm. so in terms of for pharmaceuticals. So we ended up later being told to remove it. So I'm also fighting that. But anyway, so the numbers really went up significantly. But the problem is because guys here don't understand um, our type of businesses and they don't understand that this actually helps them, right? I don't want to say it too much, but this really helps them, right? They didn't see the value. So when they did the second lockdown, they now made us close at uh, 4 o'clock, say 3.30, right? 3.30 p.m. And... Most people order dinner five, six, seven, eight, and that's like our busiest period. And if you if you research on DoorDash and any other one, um, business, their busiest period is dinner time, right? So for you to close us at three thirty doesn't help us. So the last two lockdowns we really affected business. So I'm glad that things are back to normal now because we're operating at full capacity. But there was a lockdown just two months ago. That was bad. That was bad for business because we're closing at three thirty and yeah, lunch times were good, but we were now robbed off of our uh, dinner time period. So, and no one's going to order dinner at 2, 3 to eat at 6, 7 uh, p.m. Like, it's reflex that people start thinking of dinner just before dinner. Like, you're saying you're hungry and, like, you start thinking about it at 5.30 to eat at 6. So, it was it really affected business. But the first lockdown was amazing. It was really now, amazing. Now, so the people who, you know, uh, who may not even know where Zimbabwe is because they failed uh, geography and, and you know, um, don't don't know, don't have a passport um, in Zimbabwe. Are you the now the only company doing this still or has competition come in? Oh, yeah. Competition has come in. We were the only ones doing it till last year, September. Well, there was there was another company called Dali Delivery, but they didn't have it. No, they ended up introducing an app, but they're, they're like owned by the biggest uh, food chain in Zimbabwe and Southern Africa, right? I mean, in their, this, this food chain is in about eight countries. Um, I don't know if you've had um, pizza in, if, in Africa, but yeah, these guys own that. So these guys, it's not meant to make um, profit. So they just deliver for those guys. We are the only company that was delivering for every restaurant, basically. So then competitors came in, um, but we still have the larger market share. Um, and the goal is to make sure that we take out any competition. I mean, I love competition, but we want to be number one and, <laughs> and we've got to operate. So now we're operating in Harare and in Bulawayo, the second biggest city um, in Zim. And the goal is to make sure that we get into Big Falls. But right now, Big Falls hasn't been the best because it relies on tourists. And because Europe and the U.S. was closed to traveling to Zim, that was not a good idea for us to start there. Because we operated there a year just before COVID, and then we had to close down because of COVID, because it wasn't going to help business paying rent and everything else without any (laughs) revenue coming in. So we closed there for a bit. So we'll see how uh, tourism goes in the next few months. But yes, now we've got a competitor. And then there's smaller companies they just branched out but they don't have an app they're just doing deliveries for peeps but 
Yeah, it's only two of us currently. And I ask that because I want to know if, you know, especially if somebody um, has been, let's say, in business longer, like the company had just mentioned, but they weren't doing exactly what, you know, the way you're doing it. Do they get any exemption? Because I would think that, you know, politically, the country would say, yeah, you got to stay home. But here are these exemptions. I mean, I know South Africa has exemptions for certain people who, you know, they they have it on their license plate. I can go wherever I want, whenever I want. So um, are there any exemptions that you are um, lobbying for? That's a nice word to put appreciation payments. Is there any, you know, that you can tell the politicians, you guys actually need us during these times. Let us operate. So we were trying to work behind this big company because we're doing deliveries for them, right? And even they were not getting much done. Like no one was listening to them with regards to um, operating hours being extended. So they were in the same boat as us and that was affecting their businesses. So them and KFC, because KFC is also um, very big here. So them and KFC were trying to, but they were not getting, they were not gaining much ground. So it really didn't help. So hopefully this was the last lockdown because now we're not in a lockdown. Um, well, there's still a curfew, but at least we can operate till 10 p.m., which is good for business. So they also didn't have any advantages. They were just um, taking the same out as us. Man. Okay. Well, ho- hopefully, you know, let somebody in the, the beautiful country um, hear this, uh, you know, in, in, in KFC, you guys. <laughs> Make sure if you're in Zim or anywhere in the world, see what KFC has done to the rest of the world. You can look at America. Go look at, I think, Dubai now. Folks start getting a little bigger um, when that KFC <laughs> and fast food from America comes. Um, you see how we are. Do not try to, you know, copy that part of American culture. It's not good for your health. But um, let me ask. Now, you, things are going. Things are flowing And with, you know, creating this app and having to, you know, kind of put it, you know, your app developers are your, you know, silent, almost third party partners. There's always improvements that need to be done to the app. And we're not going to sugarcoat. People are going to go on the, the app and say, oh, I see a lot of people saying, you know, things that are unfavorable, but the app is still going and the business is still flowing. So how has that relationship been to work with your app developer? Have you had to change them out every six months, which can be a difficult thing, you know, or do, have you ever been held hostage for your own thing? Like, Hey, pay me more and I'll change this right now. Cause it's hard when you're not in control and a lot of entrepreneurs don't have your courage. So give us the game, how you deal with that. Okay, so you're right. Yeah, um, firstly, for example, for us to launch, we had to, it took us 16 months. Um, this person disappeared twice on us into another city where we had to go and find him and bring him. So before we launched, he stayed at my place for four and a half months and we were cooking for him, doing everything just to make sure he, he got the product done, right? After that, also some rookie mistakes of I didn't sign any contracts to make sure the code was um, given to us, handed over to us. So now for a year and a half, we were going looking for the person saying, hey, we need our code back so that we could give someone else to do our work. So that took quite a long time, you know, until we got our code maybe late 2019. And then we ended up getting our own dev team because we thought, you know, it's better to have our own developers. Uh, freelance, I mean, getting freelance developers is difficult because they've got so many projects. You'd rather have guys who are focusing solely on your product 
right? And that really did help. But the problem was now that's also like a lot of overheads on your company in terms of because developers need to be paid well because if you're not getting good developers at any moment, if any big company sees them, they're going to, um, in the country, they're going to take them because it's not like we don't have that many developers compared to just say the US or India, right? So you see a lot of people outsourcing to India, but it's a difficult or Rwanda now because Rwanda is really doing well in terms of they're focusing on a, a lot of the energy on software developers and computer science. So because of that, there's a limited amount of uh, pool of talent in Zim. So it's one of those things like you're saying, now you get held because these guys understand how important they are. And because they understand how important they are, they have quite a bit of leverage on their side because there's not many people who can develop really well. There's a lot of guys who've now gotten those degrees, but they haven't. It's theoretical um, and it's not yet practical. So that's the only problem that's there. So what I'd advise someone who's now starting off like that, you need to make sure your paperwork is correct. Because if your paperwork is not correct, you're going to be held hostage. And when someone is, um, whenever you've um, sorted out some deliverables, um, whenever they deliver on something, then you pay. Whenever they deliver on something, then you pay them. I didn't know this as a rookie. Um, and that cost me a lot because we could have, um, we could have, we could have been way ahead in terms of our product faster if I, if I'd made sure that our contract were in place. If I'd made sure that this person was giving us our code as he finished each stage, right? But we didn't do that. We just waited for him to finish everything. And a lot of these developers don't really document their code. So now if you ask someone to finish, I mean, to now give you documentation at the end, it's actually worse off for you because they were, they, they were just freestyling as they're going. And then now you're expecting them to go back to the start to give you documentation of the whole app which is nearly impossible. I mean, it can be done, but it's impossible. So if anyone is listening who wants to get this done, they have to make sure that as they're stage by stage, they're getting documentation done, right, and delivered. So that at least by the time they've finished whatever project and they want to hand it over to another developer, that person can actually see um, from start to finish the coding. And a lot of people, yeah, I'll speak for Zim. A lot of these guys don't do the documentation. So now when you now want to do it four months or five months down the line, it's, it's a hard task. So, yeah, I hope I answered your question. Oh, yeah, you, 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 did a, you did a great job on answering. And I hope that, you know, somebody out there really, I mean, documentation is the start of business. It, for every business, you need documentation so you don't get burned down the line. I mean, you as a entrepreneur, you, you're fearless. So you just want to get it done, get it done. And it's not till you get burned. It's kind of like you're married. So you'll understand this when you're in the dating <laughs> scene until you get burned. However, that is for you. And I hope you guys protect yourself. You will never fully understand until you get burned. And, you know, maybe you had, some of y'all had to run to the doctor. Maybe some of you found out you had children and like, hold on, I didn't even know this person like that. You, this is business. It's, it's much like lovemaking. It's much like a relationship. So, you know, whatever you use in your relationship, compassion, grace, uh, love, you have to use that in business. Um, so that that's just a little something for those of you who are listening. <laughs> um, now, you are getting notoriety. You know, you're 
got venture capital um, backing out of South Africa, you had mentioned off air. Tell us w- how that felt in that process, you know, and, and what you've learned that you're going to take to go get more funding, because that's a full job in itself to get it venture is. funding. Well, so I've learned that um, it's important to tell your story well. It has to be clear. The vision has to be clear. And anyone who's going to back you wants to back a big vision. Because at the end of the day, these VCs are not, they're expected to get 10x at least out of their their funding, right? So you have to be giving them a compelling enough uh, vision. And we were like the first um, company they funded in Zim. So again, that's exciting for me because... Um, we want to see how we, that's good faith. And if we do it well, they're going to have also more faith to try and fund more startups in Zoom, right? So again, there's a bit of pressure, but at the same time, I love pressure and I enjoy that. And that's why I even went to them and uh, I thank God for that, that um, they came through and put in a bit of money to help us um, grow and to get to the level where we can get now some good uh, seed funding. Um, hopefully, hopefully a few M's. <laughs> to help now get in regional, I mean, go regional, like going to Zambia, going to Botswana. Because um, the goal is to at least start off going regionally before now trying to take on the biggest countries, Kenya, South Africa, and um, Nigeria. That's the ultimate goal. So you see with VC funds, you have to be able to give them, like I'm saying, a really good vision that's big enough for them to want to get on board. Because, right, there's enough big visions and a lot of these VC funds are looking um, to... East Africa or West Africa, as opposed to Southern Africa, because as it is, I'll be honest, Zimbabwe is not the first country you expect to invest in uh, with regards because of our numbers, our population. So people are going to go to big populations. Like if someone starts an idea in in Nigeria, the potential is 260 million people. But in Zimbabwe, the potential is 15 million. And then for a product like mine, you're now looking at 15 million and then you drop it to 500,000 people who can probably afford to use it. And then out of that 500,000, you're looking at maybe 50 grand who use it in a lifetime, right? So now you have to now kind of sell a bigger vision where you're saying, no, we're crossing borders and going to economies that are better than ours. Um, And even like just say for Zim, what also helped sell was Zimbabwe is fortunate enough to have a lot of people in the diaspora. Um, and diaspora, for those listening who don't know what diaspora is, is the people who are like overseas or people in uh, better countries like so Australia, Canada. For us, most Zimbabweans are in Australia, Canada, the US or the UK. Right. And so in the UK alone, there's more than 500,000 Zimbabweans. Right. So that's a big uh, number of people there in the US, also in Australia. So uh, all over, like there's about five million Zimbabweans out there who are trying to know what's happening within the country. So what we are doing also with our app is to allow for in-app payments for people to be able to order food or groceries or anything else for their loved ones here, which is also a huge market because a lot of people outside. And that's something that was big over um, lockdown. Um, was a lot of people, because a lot of people are not working, they were getting a lot of support from outside. And because they were getting a lot of support from outside, a lot of remittances made a lot of money. So like Western Union, uh, MoneyGram, but the biggest one here, World Remit. So because of that, now we're trying to now so um, tell people, you don't have to now use remittances. You can just buy groceries, food directly off us and pay with your credit card or debit card. And we deliver. 
So you don't have to now worry because what happens is someone outside is worrying about a relative. Yeah, if I send them 200 years, 100 years might, might go to the club and then the other 100 years might. So we're trying to sell that. If you now use us, you're guaranteed that all your groceries, all the food is going to get to your loved one without being affected, right? So that was also what part of what helped sell the vision in terms of uh, to the fund saying, you know, there's a big market out there supporting um, within the, the country. So if we tap into that, and we did that last year and saw the results. Now, if we go on a mass marketing and tap into that, that's big for our business before even going regionally. So anyone listening, you just have to have a clear vision and it has to be big enough to attract these guys because these guys are wanting to get their monies back within five to 10 years, right? So in Africa, it's even less than it is in um, in Europe and in the US where these guys can put money for 10 years and wait. Here now you're looking at five years, seven years, the returns have to come out. So you also have a bit more pressure, but it's still more patient money than getting money from just a local rich person because a local rich person wants to get their dividends in 18 months. So you also have to look at it that way. And that's what I did. I just went and explained that I'm passionate about this and I can see this company being a unicorn. And for anyone who doesn't know what a unicorn is, that's a billion dollar valuation plus. And that's the goal to be the first that comes out of Zim to do that. Um, so we continue. Yeah, and and you had said, you know, um, talking about praying for a couple M's. I remember my first trip to Africa, you know, decades uh, ago was in South Africa. And before I got there, my friend from Zimbabwe, Tendani, uh, shout out to you. She she gave me um, at least she made me a millionaire for the first time in my life. And But I couldn't even buy a Coke if I was going to be in Zim. I know the currency has changed since then. So we are, I'm going to say, hey, let's pray for a couple of trillions, right? In, in Zimbabwe money, like, let's go to the to the max because we want to make sure you can get more than just a Coke. You know, you're going to have success. You're young. You have a great wife who every great man has a great woman wife by his side, takes him to the next level. Something about that, that black girl magic um, and just women magic, you know, yeah. but, but let, let me ask you with all the success, what is, and that's even that's going to come because the best is yet to come. What is yes. a community give back that you are doing or that you would like to do in the future? Um, in what way? Um, in any way you in any way you see fit. There's no limits on this. There may be something right now you're doing or there may be a vision that you say, you know what, when I make X amount of dollars, I'm going to make sure, you know, this road is done. I, I, I mean, whatever it is to you and what's important to you. Um, if, okay, if you've so, gotten that far. Yeah, so like right now, you know, my wife has got an NGO that helps uh, school kids. So, they, so they've got a few projects on, but like the main one has been taking kids to school. Um, the school fees is very minimal. Hey, it's like $20 and it takes a kid to school for three months, for 20 US dollars, right? So we helped quite a few kids on that. And then also just getting food to some of the families out there at that same school because there's about 460 kids, I think 460. And just to take um, and help quite a few families uh, feed them, we did that a few times, but now I want to do that on a larger scale and frequently, like every month, where if 
a certain amount of orders is done, we help a certain amount of uh, families. Just so at least we can do our part with regards to that. That's with the corporate social responsibility. But also, what I'm also more passionate about, like in terms of, is helping a lot more entrepreneurs because, you know, there's not many people helping in terms of telling their mistakes, in terms of helping guys navigate how to um, get through things because there's a lot of things that I did and you, um, a lot of the big guys are not accessible. Um, guys who've done well, they're not really accessible and I want to be very accessible. And even at this level that I'm at, I want to help guys at least um, miss, I mean, bypass a lot of things that I went through, like these things like I'm saying of contracts. So I really want to be helping with more blogs, with just even um, being able to go to schools. So I've gone to a few schools to just help guys on what to think of even when they're going to uni. Because a lot of guys go to uni and waste years when they could have done or not knowing what they want to do. So when you're going, I'd rather help guys so they know, okay, when I'm going to uni, um, these are the degree programs too. Because some guys don't know. So maybe to know that software engineering, to know that computer science, because at the end of the day, let's face it, everything now needs tech. And Africa has been behind, we're years behind. So now if guys can come back, because a lot of guys are fortunate enough to come outside. So when they come back here, they can bring what they've learned there in the US, what they've learned in Canada and bring it so that they can get us to a place where we are now equal in terms of our tech. Um, we need guys bringing ideas. Why should we be getting, lithium is in Zim, right? But I heard, and there was a time where apparently was named uh, Elon Musk wanted some lithium from here, right? Why shouldn't we be the ones developing the electric cars this side, the batteries, everything? A lot of diamonds are in Africa, but you see diamonds going to Belgium and then coming back being sold for a huge price. Why? Because we are just sitting there being ignorant and allowing people to just take our resources. So I'm saying, why can't we do that job? So I want to help a lot of guys to really think big because again, we just see guys and see guys like the Zuckerbergs, the Travis Kalanicks, the Cheskis doing big in the States. Why can't we think big for Africa and for global, like great ideas coming out of Zim, out of South Africa and touching the world, right? Elon Musk is from South Africa, but he's now doing crazy things there in, um, in the US, right? So that's how I look at it. And I want to give back with regards to that, helping a lot more guys. And then also whenever we exit, to be able to help invest in a lot of startups. Because another thing, and fairly, because also the other difficult thing, like we were talking earlier before we got on live, is a lot of people don't understand um, contracts and then they get hit hard. So just say I'm a millionaire here and I see a young tender who's trying to start their business. The first thing guys are going to do is take advantage because that tender doesn't have money and they want 50% plus of that person's business, which is so unfair because now you're forgetting that this guy is the founder let him have majority and let him work his ass off, mind my language, but let him work like, and be the one to build it because at the end of the day, he's more motivated and let my money help him get to the next stage that he needs to get to. So we don't have that many people angel investing here. And I would want to be an early stage uh, investor. That's the goal where at least I can, and then also bring in my expertise to, like I said, to remove years of sweat and bleeding and make it all months in months that they achieve what I had to go through for two, three years, right? And those are like the because I've got cheat codes that I that I know, right? That will help someone else achieve the goal much faster. 
So the goal for me is to be able to invest and not try and steal from this guy, but at least help them and then nurture their ideas and grow them so that we have more ideas that come out of the sim and within Africa and people in the world can notice them. Well, That's you right. have... I want people to make sure they follow you and let them know where they can, um, you know, where if wherever they are in the world, where they can follow you. Maybe there's some uh, angels out there. Maybe there's some VC. Let's, you know, let's put it out there. Like, you know, there are opportunities with this company. But if they want to, you know, contact you, what's the best way and process of doing that? Okay, so LinkedIn is very easy. So Tatenda Dwayne Jakarasi, Tatenda Dwayne Jakarasi on linkedin um i don't know if my name will be put out because they might not know how to spell it um and then um on instagram i'm really yeah i like instagram so again to tend to doing jacarasi or on facebook even though i'm really not on facebook but i'm on messenger so i get to see all the messages <laughs> um so i'll say and then on twitter also it's tend to doing jacarasi i'm i just i'm now starting to get more serious on twitter i wasn't the best on twitter um, but I'm trying. So, but you'll catch me on any of those um, platforms. But LinkedIn is my favorite because that's easy. And it's professional. So for those uh, ladies out there who say, hey, I, I remember you from the rugby games. Oh, you're telling me it's too late? Yes. He's paid his bride price. He's all set. He's settled. Um, he's good. You guys have gotten the game. Make sure you guys share this with somebody. It will change their life. Be blessed, y'all. Are you tired of the violence, tired of the injustice, police brutality, rampant discrimination, lack of gun control in this failed by a socioeconomic experiment called America? Or maybe you need a break from the relentless grind and want to regain control of your destiny, your wealth, your health, and your purpose. DiversifiedGame.com has the right course for you. Prepare for my first trip to Africa. Looking to reconnect with your roots, start a new business, or just a fresh start. Africa, aka the motherland, is waiting. Don't let the Chinese and the Mazungus have the fun and also take over the motherland. From Cairo to Mombasa, from Dakar to Cape Town, Africa has something for everyone from business opportunities to the most amazing people, safety, leisure, and landscapes. The opportunities abound. It is time for the diaspora to reconnect with their roots. Time to reconnect with the birthplace of humanity. Africa is the last frontier. Get your head in the game and reclaim your legacy. The writing is on the wall. Babylon is falling. Give up the stress, grind, and violence inflicted on our people on this continent and prepare for a journey of restoration and joy by connecting with the land of your ancestors. Check out our new course and kick off your adventure at diversifygame.com. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.